0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we're doing something, I don't know if you want to call it somber, it's more of a uh, celebration of life. Uh, Something Dylan and I wanted to do for a little bit. We are gonna talk about artists we lost to soon.
1: Hell yeah, so let's get into it. real question is who do we want to be the intro because there's so many so many iconic ones
0: that we picked yeah i don't really care to be honest with you um we know what we're gonna pick
1: but we might as well joke around for a second do we not
0: i don't i don't i I really don't have any thought one way or another so bull butter
1: if you think we ain't picking dave rocky you're out your damn mind oh yeah
0: you're right (laughs) you're absolutely right my
1: bad. It's always Scumdog September in our heart and in our soul. It is. Um, it is. Okay. So like Kevin mentioned, we are doing uh, artists that are gone way too soon. This hits pretty near and dear to us because it feels like over the, the course of the last three years, we've talked about a lot of artists and how bummed we were when they passed or, you know, it just feels like they got cut off too soon and we wanted more or it feels like they're on the cusp of something great. And it just feels like um, it was time to commemorate that with a playlist. And it's going to be a little bit different for our playlist. And I think we're just going to talk a little bit more about the artist in general more than we are going to like critique songs. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a really fun idea and it's something a little different than we haven't done before.
0: Yeah, I'm excited.
1: Um, so we've got a lot of audience submissions. Uh, we're going to start with Louis Curran. Um, and I've got his email pulled up. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. <clears throat> so Louis' uh, song that he, he contributed is Everything Dies by Typo And he says, uh, Friendly reminder, this week we pay tribute to the artists who left the world too soon. So, though some of them had pretty long careers. I think he's referencing you. Uh, my addition <laughs> to the list is the great Peter Steele of Typo Negative with the song Everything Dies. Peter passed in 2010 from complications from diverticulitis at the age of 48 likely related to years of substance abuse. Uh, The man leaves behind a long list of goth and doom staples and uh, one issue as a Playgirl centerfold, which... That's awesome. I can't wait to to look that up. Uh, Pour one out for the homies (laughs) and remember everything dies, Louis Curran. Um, Yeah, great email. Uh, I actually have a little bit about uh, stuff leading up to, to Peter Steele's death, if you're ready to hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, So Steele died of uh, sepsis caused by diverticulitis, like Louis mentioned. Um, It was initially believed that he died of heart failure, but um, they kind of walked that back. He died on April 14th, 2010, at the age of 48. Uh, Prior to his death, he was preparing to write and record new music. Um, The remaining members of Typo Negative decided to dissolve the band rather than replace him with uh, one of the members, John Kelly, saying... Even if there is somebody who could take his place, it wouldn't matter. We don't have any interest in continuing. It's impossible. It hasn't even come up in any kind of discussion. When Peter died, Typo Negative died with him. Yep. And that's a very honorable thing to do, I think, because it's very rare a band dies with someone.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that's kind of the way I usually would prefer it to happen. I mean, sometimes you can make it work like ACDC made it work. Right. Um, especially when a front man dies, it's so much a part of the identity of a band sound. Um, where are they going to find just, another,
1: another six foot eight brooding <laughs> yeah. man who just like <laughs> embodies what typo negative is. Like he just looked, yeah. he looked like a character from metalocalypse, honestly, If he was six, eight.
0: He really did. Uh, Yeah, man. I think that's, I mean, that's a cool sentiment. Like I said, Uh, Typo Negative isn't a band I've listened a ton to, um, but everything I've heard, I've loved. It's like Louis said in his email, it's super doomy. We all know how I feel about doomy stuff and uh, something I need to get more into. But um, yeah, I think leaving a band as a place in time is a cool thing to do. Obviously, we'll talk about Guar here a bit later. Um, but where they just did the exact opposite where war will live forever. And that's something unique to them, I think. But I think when somebody in the band dies, I think it's never the same. even yeah. if you continue to go on, um, so I, th- I think that's a cool, cool sentiment that they had there for that. And then, yeah, this song again, so, uh, do me as it gets. Yeah. And he's been
1: tearing up some typo negative with songs of the yep. show recently. He's, I love when Louie gets in, um, Halloween mood because it's so different uh-huh. than everyone else.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Uh,
1: so our next contribution is from Rita. She says, I am the highway by audio sleeve. And she has a bonus pick. No more sorrow by Lincoln Park, which we've never let anyone do. But Rita gets a pass today because great, two great picks that we did. We didn't get to talk about. And it kind of feels, I don't know, kind of serendipitous to have them hand in hand
0: yeah yeah i mean it's it's two bands that deserve to be are two people that deserve to be talked about again two frontmen um from two like in in the case of chris cornell two really great bands and then chester um you know a a band that was extremely formative for me and a lot of other people um speaking on audio slave i've gushed about chris cornell quite a bit on this this podcast and uh it still sucks to this day losing him because i do i still love his voice there's something super unique about it but uh chester was also a tough one for me like by the time he passed um i had kind of grown out of lincoln park and i wasn't really listening to them anymore but it still hit pretty hard because that was like the soundtrack to my teenage angst was the were those first two lincoln park albums and um it got me through through some some tough shit when i was when i was you know when i didn't know what what was important in life and uh every little thing would get to me and it just it was it was important to have that band in my life at that point so um but yeah to quickly touch on the songs again pretty pretty uh pretty sad picks i think everybody was really into the theme this week yeah uh, which i appreciate except for maybe ben but um still we know how ben feels about his pick um but yeah, again, I I'd, I'd never heard that Linkin Park song until now. Um just because like I said i had moved on and I uh, really really liked it. So maybe I'll have to dig into their later stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a newer pick which, you know, like you said, I I think the album with Bleed It Out, Minutes to Midnight, I think that was the last one I really got into. And mm-hmm. I think everyone has like their their seasons with Linkin Park a lot like Fall Out Boy. It just feels like they're like a a, like a constant and like you can kind of jump in and out or maybe weezer just like bands that you grew up in in, with in like junior high and kind of had a lot of strong feelings connected with those songs and then as you get older you can't really relate the same but it uh that that song really struck me because i hadn't heard it either and it is kind of we kind of nail it right on the head with that one um and the audio slave pick is is great as well you know we we've We've mentioned Audio kind of in passing. Maybe you had a pick or two, but it's a Rage Against the Machine like side project with Chris Cornell as the the leading force. And that's so cool that he was mm-hmm. able to take Rage Against the Machine and kind of make it his own. And not to mention all the stuff he said did with Soundgarden, uh, who no. I think he was touring with when he died. Um he died in 2017. I don't have it written down when Chester died, but they both died of uh suicide, which is which is super sad considering how much grief and stuff they have in their songs. It just felt it really impacted all of us. Mm. Um okay. Next up, Mason Miller says Self Care by Mac Miller. Um Mac Miller struggled with addiction and substance substance abuse which was often referenced in his lyrics on September 7th 2018 Miller died from an accidental drug overdose of cocaine fentanyl and alcohol in his home at the age of
0: 26 um
1: I'll let you go first for this one
0: uh okay I I I didn't really listen to Mac Miller um and I still haven't to this day um but I know a lot of people still are sad about his, his passing to this day and this song it, it's it's good it, it is and you know self-care as a song choice feels incredibly appropriate from mason um you know because that can take many different forms and uh maybe this was uh one of those forms of where it went uh, a little bit past self-care and it's uh you know it's tough it's tough to see anybody who's an artist like this that affected so many people i know he's beloved within the the community and it's just not somebody i have a whole lot of connection with personally so have you watched his tiny
1: desk Mm -hmm.
0: that would change your mind completely i think um i don't i don't have anything against him i just yeah there's a lot of artists and not enough time so right
1: yeah um this this album and this song came out a month i think before he died so when when he did pass like this album just like hit everyone right in the gut because this i remember hearing it and being like holy shit like mac miller is t- like in a new era like he's just like making really cool music it's not it's not like party boy hip hop anymore it's like really grown up and really cool and you know talking about a lot more uh grown up things and looking at the world a little more different and to get that and then watch his tiny desk and fall in love with him and then just get it ripped away. It just really, really sucks. So I love the pick from Mason.
0: Yeah. Great pick Mace. Um, last of our audience submissions here is Ben. Uh, did he send an email in? I don't remember. He did. I don't think. Okay. Do you have it pulled up? I do. You want me to read it? Cool. Yes, please.
1: Okay. Uh, ben says a hundred percent pure grinding because his song is pure grinding by Avicii. Um, Mm -hmm. he said, y'all knew I had to, had only one choice for this playlist and it was still so hard to decide on a song. Of course, it's my boy Avicii, RIP Sweet Prince with about 15 emojis. I've submitted a lot of Avicii, so I decided to go with a deep cut this time. Pure grinding from the Stories album. It's a one of a kind track from a one of a kind artist and a quick hitter. Uh, still think we need to do a Stories episode as a true follow up to True, my friends, uh, Starting out with nothing and still got most of that, Benji, Columbus, Ohio. Hell yeah! I like that everyone has stood, uh, understood the assignment and went. Like there was no joking around this week. It felt like a very yeah. serious and somber week. So I really appreciate that.
0: Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, this is a great track. I used to bang this track all the time. Um, it is, and it's extremely different. It's very, it's very. Very much in a track, if you know what I'm, if you know what I mean when I say that, you know what I mean. Um, it's unique in and of its own, and uh, yeah, man, uh, it's what that Avicii episode was super early on for us. And I think Ben's right. I think well, I would love to revisit that because I, it's still one of my favorite episodes to this day. I think it's one of our more listened to episodes as well. So um, yeah, that's that's one we really did lose way too soon. He was still super young um, at 28, so. Uh, you know, there's the 27 Club in music where, uh, but we've got a lot of people that are on either side of that as well, the 26, 27, 28. And that, it's, it's super sad to see, man. And, uh, you know, if you've watched the documentary about Avicii and his life, it, the, it was wrapped before he took his own life. And it really ended on a pretty transcendent note where it seemed like he was finally found his center again and it's it it's it's super sad knowing what the ultimate end was um because he deserved better than what he got from his management and um
1: oh the way they ran and, him into the ground yeah yeah that documentary is one of one of the better ones for music documentaries it's not like a uh-huh. fluff piece or like guess what? I'm making new music. It was just more like his journey. And it was so, so awesome, especially at the end where he's just like got his dog and he's happy to like not be on tour all the time. And he's just happy to be at home with his dog.
0: Yeah. And what really sticks out to me is like how stressed out he was about like announcing that he was taking a break. And then once he finally does it and like he, the outpouring of support he got for it is just, it's super, super cool to see. I just wish, you know, I wish it had been enough because, uh, yeah, it's tough. You know, he he was a great artist. I think he had a lot more to give to the EDM world and just you know the music world in general. So Avicii's a tough one for me too. So
1: yeah, I totally agree that we should do the the stories album. I'm I'm very ready for for something like that, especially you know given that we brought him up today and this this song was really fun. Um, so yeah,
0: it's like a great fight. It's an absolute banger, dude.
1: It was 100. uplifting when we did not have that on the
0: rest of Yes, this. Yo, Ronnie. It's fucking, ah, it's so good. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for submitting your picks. Um, I always love when we get a lot of picks like this. It, it makes it, it, you know, I like doing my notes listen when I know I have a bunch of extra picks at the end to, to listen to. And, uh, you know, it's almost like a, uh, a palate cleanser for me. Because I've been listening to our playlist. And uh, I usually don't listen to the audience submissions until the day of. Um, unless I've already heard it, obviously, like like the Avicii pick. Um, and so it's always like a breath of fresh air. Um, even in a, a, you know, a little bit more serious episode like this one is. It's just, um, yeah, it's always fun. So thanks, everybody, for submitting.
1: And we would have missed a lot of good ones if we, we yeah, didn't 100%. have the picks. So we really do appreciate it. And, yeah, I love hit and shuffle on this because... My favorite thing to do, I know my picks, but I love hitting shuffle and thinking, like, who picked this, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's this is an interesting playlist, too, because this doesn't have a theme other than somebody passed from these artists. So it's really, truly a very eclectic mix of songs. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really tried to zig when I wanted to zag, because there was some picks that I left off here. Um, But I think... uh, I don't know. This is just more this was more of like I'm really into these people right now and uh I wanted to talk about them. So yeah. It's a it's a fun it's a fun playlist even though it's it's built around something that's not great. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. 100%. We're we're going to get into some some sad stuff today, but overall these songs, they bang and there's a reason we miss these people. Um, I, and I
0: don't want it to I don't want it to be a sad episode like no, yeah, the, no. the 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 circumstances are sad for sure, but I think I'm coming at it like I really want to talk about how great these people were and what they did for music and for my life too. So,
1: Yeah, and how much they did in a short amount of time is is impressive. Um, yeah. Let's just start out the gate with my first pick, uh, You Only Live Once by Suicide Silence. Um, this guy just like went for it. Uh, the, the the whole song is like, you don't know how much time you have, so live it up, and I thought that was very appropriate for this playlist. Um mm-hmm. Lead singer of Suicide Silence was Mitch uh, Luker. Uh, He died on November 1st, 2012 from a motorcycle accident. Um, And it's super sad because um, I felt like they were one of those bands that could have been like Bring Me the Horizon is now. They were so transcendent Mm -hmm. of the genre. Like They were were up there with Bring Me the Horizon in 2012. And they had this big album that came out right around the same time. And uh, I loved Suicide Silence. I, I think the song really shows what they were good at it's still super metal Corey. They, they hadn't really outgrown it completely, but it felt like they were on the cusp of it. And I, I really liked uh, this song and I really loved the way he screamed in this track.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, like I, this is a band I've never heard of before. So for me to get this track and actually really love it was super cool for me. So um, yeah, I don't want to, I I don't have a whole lot to say about my story or their story because I don't know anything about this band but what I will say, I'll talk about this song, is um, this is absolutely the type of metal that I like from second one. It's brutal, it's heavy, it's loud. Um, and for an album recorded in 2012, it feels very much like a raw metal demo from like the 90s. Just the way the guitars are recorded. Um, it just, I don't know, This is just, every now and again, I really fucking like that sound. And anytime I hear something like this in a metal song that I really like, it reminds me, and because I've got metalocalypse on the brain um the episode where toki has to go back for his father passing they go to a record store and they're like where's your death clock albums and he's like the clerk says we don't sell death clock here it's too digital <laughs> <laughs> so this is the type of this is the type of shit they would sell in that record store because <laughs> it's very very analog and um I, I think that really works well if it's done right, and I think it really works well here. So I can't wait to get listened into this band a little bit more because everything I heard in this track was was really fucking good. So, uh, yeah, great first pick, man. At least from a musical standpoint, I, I you know I think a few of your artists I'm not going to have a ton of to say about their life, but I can at least comment about the art that they made while they were alive. So for sure,
1: yeah. I, I it's not like I was the biggest Suicide Silence fan. They were just always in like mixtapes that i made that i was like i'm feeling screamo today and i'm gonna buy a bunch of tracks on itunes so that they, they were just one of those bands that i didn't ever listen to a full album until posthumously
0: mm-hmm. uh, so yeah let's get
1: into your first track eh uh
0: yes uh my first track is bold, it was bold as love by jimi hendrix and um this 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 podcast is called off the beaten cleft so it feels a bit trite to talk about somebody as big as Jimi hendrix so that's why we haven't talked to him about about him yet but he was one of the f- he's the first artist that i really got into when i was younger that i really had to deal with them having died too soon like obviously i was into the beatles and stuff like that but they they had a full career as a band um and they had split up before any of them started passing away. Um, But this was one where he was taken in his prime and it was hard for me to kind of deal with the fact that we could have gotten more music from Jimi Hendrix and because he was so unique um, and I picked Bold as Love because I think a lot of people know this as a John Mayer track. And so when you listen to Jimi Hendrix's version, you know, it's the same song, but there's there's just something so different and so magical about the way he plays his guitar. It's this it's this soaring reckless abandon but still under control with the way jimmy played there nobody will ever play guitar like Jimi hendrix ever again you can try but this is blues rock guitar perfected because it comes from place of reckless abandon and uh just really and if you if you've ever seen archival footage of jimmy hendrix playing on stage he becomes one with his guitar and he just kind of goes almost into this trance-like state when he plays um I also think he's an underrated vocalist. I think it's it's been documented that even Jimmy didn't really like his singing voice. He just wanted to play guitar. Um, but I think what makes his vocals so special, and especially in a song like this, is it's an extension of his guitar playing. Like you can almost feel the way he's playing his guitar through his voice. And I think that's what makes Jimi Hendrix super special. And um, it's it's well documented the way he died. He was intoxicated choked on his own vomit and uh was found found dead in the morning and uh you know it's super sad i mean it's 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 a it's a tale as old as rock and roll time you know what i mean you you have you you have a little bit too much of something and it it ends up being your undoing and uh yeah it just sucks man because like i said we'll never ever see another Jimi hendrix and i think a lot of my artists are like that where it's like they feel like a once and forever type of artist so
1: yeah it's it's so interesting that I think my people my age like I didn't know a whole lot of Jimi Hendrix songs. It's probably one of the one of the one out of ten I've heard. Maybe uh-huh. I've seen a lot of live performances. Everyone knows the one from Woodstock where he's doing the national anthem, and uh-huh. but yeah, th- this is the first time I think I've heard a recording of him, and uh-huh. it was so interesting to hear because. You know him as the guitarist, but like, yeah, you're right. His singing just like accents his guitar, which is almost backwards from how everyone else performs. And the guitar is just feels so like fluid. And like, you couldn't write that down if you wanted to, you can't, No, no way. you can't recreate that with just like looking at tabs on the internet. And I think that that's why he was so special. Um, And I didn't know a whole lot about his death. Like I knew he died young and I've always like, heard about all the big people that died young and died being rock stars but his is pretty tragic you know with the the sleeping pills and you know the the girlfriend being involved and all that like all of it's super sad and it just feels like it was a bummer to read all that especially after hearing the song just like damn like that that is so special to be taken away in such a like a, a silly not a silly way but just a sad way
0: yeah i mean we talk about recording band bands were that record that sound like they play live and i think what you hit on there with what you were talking about was you can't like that's the difference between playing notes on a page and playing with musicality and feel like you can't recreate what jimmy had because it was his style it's his own
1: yeah you're right man we might have to do a deep dive on jimmy hendrix kev i know it's all it's for fine cleft but you know i'm a dummy we had to do it for the beatles because i was a dummy then too
0: Well, I was thinking about that today, too. I was like, a lot of things I take for granted that I think just people know, there's some of the stuff that's just a blind spot for you. So yeah, um, I think it's still within the theme. So if you want to do a deep dive into old Jimmy, dude, I'm more than happy to do that.
1: I think off the beaten clef is just things that Dylan missed that he should have known by now.
0: (laughs) Well, a lot of that's for me, too, man. So (laughs)
1: Um, Okay. My track two is Burnout by Misser uh, for the artist Tim Landers. Now this track, Kevin, is a re. We we've already covered Burnout. I don't know if you remember that, um, but it might have been on bands that broke up too soon. Um, and I I used it the other version where it was the full band, and this version actually is missing Tim, which makes it super super sad. This is on a collection of like seven songs um, mm-hmm. that they did as like a tribute, and they contributed all the money that they made. Uh, to the family, I have like a, I bought the, I've got it on vinyl. I've got the t-shirt. I got the hoodie. I was like, I want to contribute as much as I can. Um, but this song is so sad because there were dual vocalists, And mm-hmm. now there's just one. And the song is originally about a breakup, right? Like our breakup or our relationship was nothing but a, a spark. It was meant to burn out. But him singing it acoustic by himself without Tim makes it, it changes the meaning of the song to like, the whether it's about like tim's life or whether it's about the the band the like side project misser that was like that was just going to be a spark and it was meant to burn out it just makes it such a gut punch man and it 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 makes me tear up every time i listen to it um and you know tim is much like a lot of the people we're going to talk about today he died of an Accidental overdose after he was clean for nine months, and it's super sad. Um, And he he suffered from a lot of mental illness and and addiction, like a lot of the artists we covered today. Um, But Tim was in a band Mister. He was in Transit. He was in so many big bands in like my early twenties and my late teens. um, When I was like really struggling because all my friends went off to college and I was home alone. And that first Transit album, um, Listen and Forgive, was just like my soundtrack and it's just yeah. like it was my soundtrack to like driving and like figuring out what to do now that i can't hang out with my high school friends and like trying to refigure my way out as an adult in the world so i owe a lot of that to like the amazing guitar work tim did and i really really um miss the the music you put out there so um what are your thoughts on this song
0: uh yeah again a band i'm not super familiar with really i don't remember it if we've talked about it before so um so I'll, again i'll just talk about the track that you picked because i think it's it is a beautiful tribute um i love a long buzz intro where it's just a guitar hum it's just one note continually ringing out and because you don't know what's coming it could be a big could be a big drop into something super energetic or it could be exactly what this is where it just leads you in it kind of rocks you into this what this uh this song eventually ends up being um and i don't know who it is singing on this track but i absolutely love this voice um even though it's almost spoken word there's a thickness and a richness to the tone that feels super warm and and it's really really nice to listen to and i think it's uh this being a a re-recording tribute track i think that makes it that that they did it they did it super well so um and i do like there is the layered vocal there's that the the scream all the way in the back of the track it almost feels like it's in a different county you know what i mean and that's but you, you can,
1: that's where tim used to be in the track
0: yeah and it's really fucking cool man it's uh it almost makes it feel like a calm exterior from the the main vocalist and then a turbulent inner monologue happening while they're doing this and i think that is anytime you can do that and i i I really really love audio storytelling because even if you're not listening to the words even if you don't know what this is about you can still get the feeling of what's going on and as we all know that's what i'm really about with music is i need to be able to feel something from it and it, it usually doesn't come from lyrics for me so that type of audio storytelling is just fucking great so
1: i love it thank you
0: yeah uh my second pick is i have nothing by whitney houston um again another well publicized death um she was you know she was found in her bathtub in a in a hotel um it's you know it's the side effect of heavy cocaine use she's had a heart disease from that uh super sad um whitney houston i i hope if you're listening to this you've heard of whitney houston because if you haven't you're missing out on maybe the most pure voice of all time i think and the soundtrack that this this song is from for the bodyguard might be might be the best soundtrack for just the most mediocre movie of all time, um, and uh, it, I think I think the this is one of those instances where the soundtrack will far out outshines the movie that it's in, and it's 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 really funny because uh, this always has this also has I will always love you on it, the Dolly Parton cover, um, which is now just a Whitney Houston song. It just it's hers. It, yeah. I don't care what you want to say. The way she belts that song out, it makes she makes it hers. And I think that's the power of Whitney Houston. It's it's often imitated but never duplicated. Um, she has so much raw power in her voice, but it's also the way she restricts it. And you hear that through all of the choruses or the verses here. So when she explodes into this chorus, dude, it's just you feel it's like getting punched in the chest by her voice and it gives me almost the same feeling that metal gives me when you hear a powerful vocalist like this that's what i love about metal is it just fucking pounds you in the chest it's heavy um and you you want key changes we well, you fucking got them but that's yeah, if there's if there's if there's a 90s sound Whitney Houston music is it and she perfected it and um, key changes are a huge part of that she's the master of it um And I think what really bugs me about it is I know Whitney would still be topping charts today. If she was around, you know, she would be uh, much, i mean, much older now. Um, but she could have topped the charts until the day she died naturally because sure, her voice was just that unique. And again, a once in a forever type of artist, um, her tone, again, it's just her tone is so pure. Um, there's nothing, there's no fault in it. And, uh, it's really, really rare to find somebody like that. And I miss pop stars like this. This is what pop used to be used to be fucking just belters, dude.
1: Yeah. Out singing a bad, a bad instrumental. Like,
0: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's not a great instrumental, but again, it's part of the charm of the, like this type of music from the nineties.
1: This song could have been just as good acapella. I think, like, oh yeah, it shows its age with the 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 like synth and the like like late eighties, early nineties sound. But I, Mm -hmm. her voice is so captivating that it's the only thing you hear anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all you listen to. It's the 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 track is just there to keep time. That's that's all it's
1: there. (laughs) Truly, truly. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was just blown away. And reading about her death, um. I knew about all the like, all the stuff with her and Bobby Brown leading up, but I just I didn't know a whole lot about her death going in, especially like her like, dying in a a hotel and dying in the bathtub. I didn't know any of that. Like I just guess I was just kind of naive to all of that. And I is this is her the picture of her hotel? Is that the one that we did for the Pusha T album? Is that what he bought Mm -hmm. the rights to? Yeah. Super sad, but um Yeah. yeah she just a beautiful voice and um just a beautiful lady it's it sucks
0: yeah man it sucks because like uh like I said it will never have another Whitney Houston ever it's yeah. impossible
1: um okay speaking of once in a lifetime we're going with my third track which is Mr. Crowley uh by Ozzy Osbourne and we're referencing Randy Rhodes
0: yep R.I.P.
1: which I I si do you a little
0: bit didn't I you, you did you, you texted did, me you said I, Ozzy's I alive it. and well <laughs> yeah i was like wait a second i know he's old and crap it but the dude's still kicking uh
1: i i watched a randy rhodes documentary maybe last last year sometime it was on either amazon or hulu um but it's super interesting because he's he's known in most of the rock and metal world but for the most part he's he's he died so young and it died so like i feel like it eclipsed everything he was like 21, maybe 22. He's super young, but he's already in the rock and roll hall of fame. He's highly regarded as, you know, being responsible for a lot of musicians that followed. And I, there's a part of the documentary where it's talking about him and Axl Rose, like every night they would like be at each other's shows and like trying to one up each other and like trying to win over the crowd. And that was like, even when he was in quiet riot, he's an original member of quiet riot. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, he really reached his peak as the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne's solo career. Uh, he wrote the guitar for crazy train, which everyone knows. Um, he wrote obviously this, the guitar part for this, uh, track, Mr. Crowley. Um, and he just died in such a, uh, frustrating way. Like yeah. he was on this little prop plane and he was with people that weren't licensed to fly and they were trying to play jokes and buzz by the, the tour bus. And the third time they did it, they clipped the tour bus and and crashed. And it's just an awful way to die. There's got to be some survivor guilt because I read that the bassist, he was trying to talk the bassist into getting on the plane with him. And he's like, nah, mate, I'm going to sleep a little longer. And like, that's... So anyway, I love this track. The guitars are soaring. It just like, it made Ozzy so it like rebirthed Ozzy's career to have someone like Randy Rhodes playing guitar for him. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. And we've talked about this concept before where an artist is just perfect for the band that they're in. And I think Randy was perfect for what Ozzy wanted to do with his solo project. And uh, because he knew exactly what it was about and captured the feeling of what Ozzy was trying to do perfectly just with the way he played his guitar, the tones that he produced with his guitar, the way he played his solos. Um, Every note is exactly where it should be. And it to perfectly compliment Ozzy. Um, Is he the best guitarist of all time? No, he's really fucking good. Um, But he was perfect for Ozzy. And that's such a rare thing to find. And uh, this song I think is a great pick because I think this is Mr. Crowley is solo Ozzy at his best. I think it does every, it's got that creepiness to it, but it's still accessible. Um, and this bridge is iconic, dude. It's a great fucking riff and it goes straight into the tappy tap solos, which everybody knows. And, uh, it's just a really great fucking track. Ozzy sounds great on this track. And I think in large part, because he knew we had that support from Randy Rhodes and, uh, yeah, if you're a metalhead or you're into um, early rock and stuff like that, you are well aware of the influence that Randy Rhodes had on the genre and on Ozzy's life. I know Ozzy was grief stricken for a very long time, and I know he still misses Randy Rhodes to this day. Um, but yeah, man, it's like I said, it's it's like I love this pick because I didn't even think about it. And so when you when you texted back, I, I think we I figured it out at the same time you were texting me back. I was like, oh shit, Randy Rhodes, of course. Um. Yeah, man. Like I said, just a it's it's so rare to find two people that have the same almost the same exact vision, and it really shines through in, in his work with Ozzy in a solo project.
1: Yeah, I, I think in the the documentary, which if you haven't watched it, you should definitely go check it out. I forget the name of it, but um, he talks about how or Ozzy was talking about how he he wasn't sure he wanted to leave his band. Randy Rhodes wasn't, and he just like mm-hmm. was like, "Well, come out here and." I'll fly you out and we'll just like jam together. And he's like, and after that, he like just made, they like, it was yin and yang. They were perfect together. And even, you know, Randy was kind of telling Ozzy like, man, you got to dial back the drinking a little bit, man. Like yeah, the party yeah. is what got you kicked out of black Sabbath. I'd hate for this to ruin a good thing. And I think that's kind of stuck with Ozzy throughout the years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, you know, Ozzy's had a pretty turbulent life himself. So, um, yeah. and this is a huge part of it. So, yeah it's a, you know it sucks to lose a guitar god like that mm-hmm. so um so my third pick again um when doves cry by prince you got a little smirk on your face
1: no i just laugh when uh when you're you don't want to ask like do you want to move on you just like do this little head tilt like do you
0: want to move on i'm like yes <laughs> i do <laughs> Hey, it's you know it's it's part of that that, that chemistry we've developed over the years. Yeah. Now. So um yeah, so uh, Prince died fairly recently in 2016. Um and it was it was massive because I don't think people our age really understand what Prince was and like what a transcendent figure in not just music but in pop culture in general. And I think like the Let me get this out of the way. I don't, I think people understand it now, but Prince can fucking shred, dude. He's one of the better guitar players we've had in the last 40 years. He's a very unique guitarist, but dude, he could fucking, he could fucking play the fucking guitar. Um, And just this, that's why I wanted to pick this song. Um, I I like Kiss. Kisses is my favorite Prince song, but um, when Doves Cry, I think just, just that shredding open, it's like, People think of when you see Prince, you don't think like, oh, that guy is a guitar player. But I think he almost liked that more than singing. I think he just liked to fucking jam. He was was a multi-instrumentalist. He could play everything. I think he just had this love for music that was wrapped in this super space alien package. Um, And again, if you haven't gotten into Prince, it's a very tough artist to get into. Um, But I think if you stick it out and you really, really dig... He, he just kind of latches into your brain because I, I've had a really long road into getting into Prince. It's been like, it took me like really 10 years to really fully understand the genius of what Prince was and who he was and what he did. And it's so worth it because you start to realize again, he was this space alien. Um, we'll never have another Prince. Like there's nobody that could be that weird. that that much of a sex symbol um, while being that androgynous while being a great guitar player, an excellent songwriter, um, and still being as popular and huge as he was, and also the fact that he's from fucking Minneapolis, like it's just such yeah. a strange, like it's such yeah. a strange place for Prince to be from. You know what I mean? Um, it just doesn't seem right, but it also seems perfect at the same time. Um, he, could, he
1: could be from anywhere, and it's just funny that he's from Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: he's a man that transcends d- destination. But I think you're, uh, I
1: think you're right. Like him and him and David Bowie, just like were just weird, iconic characters from the '80s mm-hmm. that no one really understood, and that was kind of the beauty of them. Like you don't have to be able to like put your finger on exactly who they are and what they were. Like there's still a viral TikTok going around about when Prince found out he got snubbed uh, from some kind of was it. Ro- Rolling Stone's like top 100 guitarists and he wasn't listed. And so he just proceeded to the next time he was on stage just to absolutely shred a
0: guitar solo (laughs) and didn't say a word. Like, I just love that. There's there's a level of just extreme pettiness that Prince had that is rare, but he had the chops to back it up every single time. And I think that is what makes Prince, that's one of the things that makes Prince so special is just like, he's like, all right, you're going to talk shit. I'll fucking prove you wrong every single time. And it's just like, and he did it in such a cool and suave, like, super, super, like, cocksure, but not, like, annoyingly so. I'm sure it rubbed some people the wrong way, like, certainly record executives, I'm sure. I mean, there's the whole thing where he was the artist formerly known as Prince, because the the record label wouldn't let him be called Prince, even though it was him. Yeah. So (laughs) He didn't have rights to his own name anymore. It's it's like this 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 extreme level of pettiness, but it's like you never are not on Prince's side. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's just like yeah, he's fucking right. <laughs> he's he's a fucking great guitar player. give him his fucking credit.
1: Yeah, I I love the pick too. I've really enjoyed the the guitar work. You know, just it's it is one of those things. Like once you get through that like weird barrier, there's like a everyone likes Kiss that song kiss. Mm-hmm. And then you like move your way through and you're like, I don't know. And then just one day the light bulb goes off and you like, guess what? I love every song that Prince has ever made.
0: You just have to let yourself be enveloped by Prince. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the kind of figure he was, man. It's just, it, it it's hard to explain, but I think learning to enjoy Prince's music is, is something that is, is a journey well worth taking for sure.
1: Okay. My fourth pick. Come and go, featuring Marshmallow by Juice World. Um, yeah, Juice World died of an overdose in 2019. It's very, very recent, um, and he had a posthumous album, Legends Never Die, which is what this track is from. And I think it's a lot of demos that were finished by people he collaborated with or people that they trusted to to finish the track. And this track with Marshmallow, dude, goes hard. Um, I love the the like meaty guitar that starts the the chorus um it this single actually became uh his second song to reach number two on the hot 100 and it's just crazy that that had to happen posthumously he died i think he was 21 when he died um it was a long string of like a lot of like rappers that died pretty young from overdoses and his died or i think he died like on a plane like Mm -hmm. i think they there was going to be a drug raid so he swallowed a bunch of percocet and ended up um overdosing but Nonetheless, this track is just so fun and it I think Marshmallow is so good for rap and rock and he just like can yeah. tune in to like those elements and still make it a fun like beat drop after the chorus and stuff.
0: Uh sorry, I clicked out of my notes like an idiot. Uh okay. Yeah. So anyway, like Juice World um again is it's he's part of that uh, era in hip hop that I just never really got into. Um so I don't want to say too much here because I don't want to disrespect the memory of juice world. And if he was important to anybody, um, I, this song, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a poppy hip hop song. Um, I think that's what marshmallow, like, as you were alluding to is just really good at. It's kind of like, um, there's just certain EDM artists that are really good at doing that. Um, just taking a song, making it poppy, making it accessible. And, um, He's certainly one of them, and I think it it made me enjoy an era of rap that I didn't really have a whole lot of love for. So, and I think, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't really have a whole lot to say about Juice World. I don't know enough about him. I don't really, I never really listened to any of his music. Um, but I know that his his passing affected a lot of people. So
1: for sure, yeah, it just was like everyone was on the hype train, and it just felt like I got. Cut the legs off. Um, but it, I think I'm not like, I don't want to act like I'm the biggest Juice World fan. I, I listen to the posthumous album more than I listened to him before. And sure. there's some really, really good tracks from all the collaborations, um, that came from it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, your track four,
0: my track four, um, Tamey the Swine Queen by Guar. Um, we all know the passing of David Brocky. Um, yeah, died of an overdose, heroin overdose. Um, he was found by one of the fellow band members. Which again, um, if you haven't watched this, is Guar. They do a really good job just handling the the death and passing of David Brocky really well. It's a great documentary, even if you don't give a shit about Guar. Again, it's one of those those music documentaries that I think does a really good job of handling everything that went on with this band. Um, and Guar has almost become the unofficial like house band of the podcast. So I had to talk about. Yeah, I had to talk about him. For sure. So, yeah, it's like, I, I'm so humbled by the fact that you ended up loving Goire as much as you do. Um, because at the, to the point where you have an odorous art piece in your kitchen now, which I think is fucking, it's the coolest shit in the world, man. It's like, again, it's the ultimate, like, it's the ultimate form of what this podcast is about, where you show somebody something completely new and very, very, very strange with a big barrier of entry, and they end up being a huge fan of it. So, um, but yeah, so it's the 10th anniversary of... um battle maximus which is the last guar album with brocky on it so they re-released that with some bonus tracks um and this was the last song he recorded for the album so that's why i wanted to pick it um is it my favorite guar song not not really it's it's really really good most guar songs are there's some (laughs) there's some stickers in there um for sure especially towards the late 90s but um this is a great I think Battle Maximus. I think when we talked about it in uh, Scumdogs September last year, I think it's a really great album for Brocky's Last Ride. I think he sounded really good on this album, um, but much like Prince, Brocky and Odorous were so like. I think he's just one of those unique characters that like you can never duplicate. Like Guar still making music now, and I think um, their frontman now is 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 a great great pick, and I like the music that they're making, and they're still really fun live, but there's just something about Brocky. watching his interviews, watching him read that bedtime story as odorous is fucking hilarious. He just had this natural charisma about him that you had to love him, even though he was this disgusting space alien. Um, and it's just this weird dichotomy of, of souls. The odorous was one thing. David Brocky was another, but they meld together into this perfect being. Um, but yeah, this song also has all the little Brockyisms that you like. Um, it starts out with an, oh, <laughs> like, yes. That's yes. A, you know that sound. You know odor You know it's an odorous track when you hear him do like one of those weird grunts that he does. Um, the just notes drop off into fucking the abyss. Like he'll be up here and then he'll be oh, like all the way down there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way he
1: like does that with a chug, I love it.
0: Yeah, is, is that staccato that he does. Yeah, oh, 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 oh. like. <laughs> Uh yeah, it's just got all that cool stuff that he did as a vocalist that it's super weird, but it's it's just it's this absurdity with him that makes it so cool. So um R. I P odorus, um, Scum Dogs Forever.
1: Scum Dogs Forever, man. Yeah. I remember when we did this last year. It's it's funny when we do like a full month and you're showing me something. It doesn't take much for me to buy in and I bought in immediately <laughs> yeah. with 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 war, but when we were doing it and it felt like we were, I was, I felt like I was living it. Cause I was watching, I watched the documentary. We we did a couple episodes and then it got to where he died. And I was like, it was like, I was experiencing it for the first time. So I was grieving and it just was a weird feeling. Like he died almost 10 years ago and it just felt like it just happened to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's funny that we were, I just was so daunted by all the albums and how are we going to do all this? And then when, when we got to it, it's just like, it was a gut punch because it, I, I love the new stuff. Like exactly what you said. I love the new stuff, but his personality just felt like so big and it felt like it was the band members came and went and he was one of like a couple original members. And just like, Uh you don't want Gore to die after that. We want it to live forever, but it just felt like it didn't, it took some grieving to get ready for the next wave of gore because it is great it's still a great stage production when they do stuff live and the the people they've chose to to lead the band are are still great it's just like he was such a bizarre man and just like you know if you spent a couple days with him you would be ready for a break like you just know he's that exhausting of a person
0: and yeah he's, he's one of those guys you love being around but you can't be around him for too long
1: at the bachelor party you're ready to fly back and he's like the
0: party's still going
1: and you're like jesus yeah. come on man we're going home no the party goes on i'm dressing up I'm like oh god okay one more okay one more but yeah um if you want to go listen to our our true homage go listen to scum Duck september and it's i think that's one of my favorite things we've done with the podcast was yeah, that i month. agree
0: i think just because of the way we handled it like watching the documentary and i think the way we split up the the arrows was really well done so not to toot our own horn but toot fucking toot
1: <laughs> toot toot. and you know what that was all by chance too that was not something we planned out in advance it just kind of happened we <laughs> yeah, Landed we right very, in our lap.
0: very seat of our pants with that so it, it ended up um being um something i think we want to continue doing yeah so and doing it, deep dives. a lot
1: of those episodes are in our top 10 for listens so um, yeah, shout out to the the
0: scum dogs, man. Um, the Bohabs really showed out for that. So, um, again, great fan base, super welcoming. Yeah, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't think it by looking at the band, but they're all super nice people. So,
1: hundred percent. Okay, track five uh, for me is "Miss Misery" from Elliot's by Elliot Smith. Um, if you recognize the song, it's from Goodwill Hunting. That's where I heard it first. It's where it was a little earworm, and I was like, "Oh, who is this? And then when we were doing Jaded January, Chaz reintroduced me to him, and I was like, damn. He's like Jeff Buckley if he was a l- way more sad, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jeff Buckley was just heartbroken
1: all the time. Jeff Buckley was heartbroken. This guy was sad. and um, Yeah, this
0: guy was fucking truly sad.
1: <laughs> and you can see it in the songs. Like Some of these songs um, just make you – make your heart ache for the guy. Um, and he died in uh, on october twenty first two thousand and three at the age of thirty four um uh, from alleged uh, two stab wounds to the chest. Um, and I think this this is the one we'll get in the most in depth because I don't have a yeah. lot to say about the song. It's a sad acoustic song. um but yeah. his death was so bizarre. Um, he was living with his girlfriend in California. Uh, her name was Jennifer. And according to her, they were arguing she locked herself in the bathroom to take a shower, and she heard him scream, and upon opening the door, saw him standing with a knife in his chest. Uh, She pulled the knife out, after which he collapsed, and she called 911 at 12.18 p.m. Uh, He died in the hospital. Um, A possible suicide note written on a sticky note read, I'm so sorry, love, Elliot. Uh, God forgive me. Now, the coroner misspelled his name in the autopsy report. Um, and initially his or his death was reported as a suicide. But the official autopsy report released in 2003 uh, left open the question of homicide. So mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those like weird, ambiguous. I'm surprised Netflix hasn't done a documentary on it. Um, stories because it kind of just seems like there's a lot going on. Very Kurt Cobain-esque like no matter the result, it's just super sad that we lost someone so talented. Um, but yeah, I just threw a lot at you. What you What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, um, he's like the original sad boy, and he's like the genesis of a lot of the music that you ended up loving. Yeah, um, growing up, and I think I think he's not largely forgotten, but I think a lot of people don't know about Elliott Smith the way they probably should, especially for people that are into the music that you know, the emo scene and, and uh, um, everything that was born out of that. I think they owe a, all of them owe a lot to Elliot Smith because we've talked about Elliott Smith before, but he made it c- acceptable to be in your feelings and just play an acoustic guitar. And he made it accessible in a way that uh, hadn't really been before. I mean, there was the folk in like the 60s and 70s, but it was, it was never this real and raw. As, as Elliot was,
1: and I think that's his vocal delivery, which was kind of—I I don't want to say unprecedented, but it was just something I hadn't heard up until that point. Like, yeah, the super like hushed and almost backward vocals to where you kind of lean in a little bit, right? And like mm-hmm. the guitars are are a lot more intricate than you would think for an acoustic track. And I think he just offered so much in a, in a in a space where it can be a little monotonous and um, kind of repetitive.
0: Yeah. And I think not only did he like open that space up for like emo bands later, but like a lot of acoustic driven music around that time, like the early two thousands was a kind of a hotbed for it with like your Nick Drake's and your even Jack Johnson's to a degree, right. It was acoustic music and that is a hard sell on the radio yeah, because it is kind of, it can be kind of sleepy. And so I think Elliot Smith um, opened the door for a lot of people. And I don't know, if that's recognized as widely as it should be mm-hmm. um you'll never convince me his girlfriend didn't kill him I, I i will believe that forever um i think stabbing yourself in the chest twice would be really fucking hard to do and the fact that they were arguing um again i don't know but i just think it just there's where there's smoke there's fire they yeah. say yes and, uh,
1: okay i'm glad you brought that up because i didn't want to harp on it too bad saying that you pulled the knife out when you know that's not what you're supposed to do when someone's injured mm-hmm. so that your fingerprints are on it? Come yeah. on. Come on. Yeah. And then, have you ever gotten in an argument and been like, oh, I need a shower. <laughs> this conversation's gotten so heated, I need to go take a shower. Are you kidding yeah. me? I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't believe it. I think it was, it was was a it was a crime of passion. I don't think it was done premeditatedly. Um, I, but I think it happened. She took a shower and uh, to just maybe get away from what had just happened. I don't know. Again, I don't want to speculate. Again, this is all allegedly. Yeah. Put on allegedly before everything we just said, just for legal reasons. <laughs> uh, I, all I'm saying um, is
1: Netflix, get your drones out. Give us some drone footage of California. And let's let's get in. Let's get a six part documentary on it.
0: Dude, i have to i have a confession to make every time i hear california all i think of is california what was that from the hills or something yeah, like that the theme song to the hills <laughs> and i fucking hate it i hate the way that that's my brain that's how my brain works uh completely off kilter but as you said it i just that played in my <laughs> it, pisses <me> off. <laughs> it pisses me off so much um Anyway, uh, we'll move on to my last pick here. Um, again, I think you're right when Louie was talking about me when he said even if they had long careers, because most of mine, if not all of them, had very long careers outside of Jimi Hendrix. Um, but Warren, uh, Nate Dog. Nate Dogg is my pick for the last one here. I knew I wanted to do another hip-hop artist. I could have done Biggie. I could have done Tupac, but I couldn't do them both. So I was like, who else was super influential at the time that we lost a little too early? At least in my opinion, Nate Dogg. I think Nate Dogg is another one of those guys that if you're into 90s hip-hop, you know all about Nate Dogg and his contributions to, to the game, especially with that West Coast hip-hop sound. Um, he, was, he is the... De facto, most perfect crooner for hip hop. And we don't really have that anymore. It doesn't really exist. Like, I mean, you guess you get Drake trying to do it, but it's there's just something so silky smooth and effortless about the way Nate Dogg did his features. Because when you think of Nate Dogg, you think of features. Yeah. He had a solo career, but where he really made his living and really stood out was in his features. Um, uh, yeah, so he actually, his is actually a pretty brutal way to pass he had multiple strokes and died from complications of that um which 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 sucks so i don't want to dwell on it too much but um i picked uh, Regu- regulate by warren g and nate Dogg. um this could have been any number of songs it was very nearly explosive from dre 2000 other chronic 2001 um shit, because i do really like that song i think it's probably my favorite nate dog feature um more than shake that ass by eminem yes <laughs> I mean that's a great one. Don't yeah. they're all great. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. All of his features are fucking A class S tier shit. So it's really really hard to pick one. So I just went with the one that really launched Nate Dogg into the stratosphere and really helped establish what that West Coast hip hop sound was, where it was more of a smooth, uh, more of like a very much a California vibe and a different. It's not beachy, but it's like that very much that Crenshaw Compton vibe where it's just like everybody's always outside everybody's always around each other whereas new york hip-hop is a bit more gruff and staccato um west coast sound was more fluid and flowy and again his the way he sings kind of helped establish that flow too you think of warren g you think of snoop dogg you think of the way they rap it's very flowy um even tupac to an extent was was more flowy um so it's just again uh that's really all I I have to say about it. If you if you're not familiar with Nate Dogg's work, if you're a little bit younger and you're listening to this, please seek out any of his features because he fucking destroys any song he's on. He he's the highlight of every single song he's on. It doesn't matter who's on the track, he is the highlight of every single song he's on.
1: He's got such a unique voice, man, and it is. I was like, how familiar am I with Nate Dogg? And then his his voice came on that track, and I was like, oh, I know Nate Dogg that's just he's got that like flow man and it's just like his voice doesn't inflect super much but it just like i love his voice and it just always felt like he was like the goofy guy in the background that like when he spoke up you listen
0: yeah it's just i always I, like i should have picked explosive because that's what's in my head right now don't want to treat you wrong like it's just like this ugh, so great dude yeah,
1: it was a great pick because that's not one I had on my radar, but I loved it. And it was super sad when he passed. It was like, it, it's weird to grieve people you didn't really know, but it just felt like through their music, you you felt like you knew a little piece of them.
0: Yeah, and I think, again, I think he, people, people who know, know. But I think there's a lot of people who don't really understand the contribution Nate Dogg had to hip hop in the 90s. Um yeah, I'm just thinking about all it's like it's again, he's just the highlight of every single song he's in.
1: Yeah. That was a great last pick, man.
0: Thanks. Appreciate it. I did my best. We did it. We did it, Kevin. <laughs> we made it through. We did.
1: Um Okay, let's get into songs of the show. We stuck with the theme of Super Sad Song or Super Sad mm-hmm. Theme, and uh I picked Rory featuring Prince Daddy and the Hyena by Foxing. Um Foxing is um They're coming to Cincinnati. They're opening for Motherfolk for their Christmas um, show, which is huge and it's awesome. And they're really promoting uh, the 10-year anniversary of this album. And they're re-releasing it with some features and stuff. And Prince Daddy and the Hyena is kind of an up-and-coming emo band. So it was kind of cool to hear a different take on this song. It's a little more um, faster pace, which is more my speed. And um, this song's a heartbreaker, man. I I texted you one of the lyrics because you were like, Heads up, my song on the show is a little sad. And I was like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> guess what, buddy? Uh, guess what? So is mine. Uh, the chorus yells, I swear I'm a good man, so why don't you love me back? And the way he says yeah. it, his voice is breaking, and then our hearts are breaking.
0: And it's just a,
1: a great early autumn track because it's a
0: heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. I think, uh... yeah, man, it's just uh, we're both in sad boy moods. At least for this playlist, we are. Um, but yeah, again, I wrote down that lyric because the way it's delivered is so impactful. Um, and whomst amongst us hasn't felt that that pain, right? And as viscerally as this per, this this uh, speaker is feeling it, it's just everybody's been in a, a relationship where the love is unequal, and uh, everybody's always loved somebody more than they got loved back, and it's fucking sucks, man. It's it's uh, it's a really tough place to be. And I've been there more in my life than I would like care to admit, and uh, uh, it sucks. So yeah. I, I I relate to this in a way that uh, that hits home. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, luckily I'm not there anymore. I'm not, I'm in a place where I'm pretty happy, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll move on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just got really really comp- contemplative there for a second. I love it. Uh, anyway. Um, so within, uh, by Daft Punk, this is a drumless edition. Uh, this is from, uh, Ram. And I hate the fact that Daft Punk, these little sons of bitches, um, thinks they can just release sadder versions of a song of an album we already love (laughs) and just like continue to get away with it. I love it. I hate it, but I, I also love it at the same time because it's Daft Punk that I haven't, in a way I haven't heard it before. But also, fuck you guys. Yeah. Because I can too they, just
1: sit here and cry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, I didn't expect no drums on this track because it's not like a, it's not an upbeat track to begin with, but it completely changes the timbre of this, this track. Um, somebody tell me who I am. It's just a, it's a song about being listless and needing direction and trying to find your way. And the fact that, like it's that um, you know, voice box vocal, which you love it or hate it. I think Daft Punk does it really well. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's. There's been there's parts of my life, you know, work related mostly, where I've been start kind of feeling listless, and uh, this just kind of was like when I was listening, I was like, man, oh man, this this sucks. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think it it goes from like the original track was kind of like had a tinge of hope this is hopelessness man It changes it to like a completely hopelessness track and it's it's a gut punch
0: for sure yeah this is absolutely fumbling around in the darkness of your own mind yeah and just just questioning where do i fucking go who the fuck am i um yeah it it sucks yeah (laughs) It, it sucks it sucks that they keep giving us this small shit to keep mourning them with um like I have talked about it before, we did our Daft Punk episode right after they broke up, and I legit cried. Um, it sounds weird for a band that is as happy-go-lucky as Daft Punk is, but it was like the first band that I really, really loved from for beginning to end. That broke up, and it came out of nowhere. They had yeah. this in t- typical Daft Punk style. They didn't announce it to anybody. They just released a video, um, and that was it. And uh, it fucking it broke me, dude. And yeah, I'm glad they're still releasing stuff, but fuck them also. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Twist the knife a little more, why don't you?
0: That's making me sad.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, uh, check out our
1: social media. Uh, Instagram is at Clef, Twitter is at OffClef, email is clef at gmail.com, and we have a link to join our Discord. Um, you especially want to do that this week because we are preparing to do our three-year anniversary episode. And that's, yes, come, we are. that's coming next week. Y'all. We're very,
0: very we'll be excited. In it's very rare Dylan. I get to be, do record in person anymore. I feel like it's been almost a year.
1: Yeah. I think the last one we did, we had tried to do the ocean Avenue at your place and I forgot <laughs> a keyboard, great. which, um, I still have nightmares about, but, um, yeah, I think the last one was the top five songs of 2022. So it's been a really long time.
0: Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. Um, because we don't see each other in person near as much as we used to, and I miss it. I do, so. too.
1: Yeah we, yeah, we just live so far away to now, almost an yeah. hour. But, um, yeah, yeah go check out our, our Discord. Join the fun. We've had a lot of people uh, joining in recently. It's been a lot of fun in there. And uh, we also are doing some stuff with, with a three-year anniversary that you can be a part of if you so want to.
0: Speaking of, the Mason Miller Army, we see you. Yeah. We, will not allow, we will not listen to the discretion stand. Yes.
1: We will not be dethroned from our own podcast.
0: We will not go quietly into the good night. It's a
1: coup. We know exactly what's going on in there.
0: If, you, if you're
1: if you a part of the Discord, you know exactly what we're talking about.
0: We will not be an artist that dies too soon. Yeah. We will live forever. We will go on
1: way too long, past the point of people caring, and it'll be me and Kevin, hand in hand, walking into the... Well, what did they say in metal clips? going into the ocean
0: oh, go into the water live there die there that's what we'll do
1: that's what we'll do we'll we will die <laughs> on the hill of this podcast gee dang it
0: all right gee dang it
1: all right three years next year or next week fuck three years next week love you guys see you next
0: Woo-hoo. week bye